Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Any conversation I ever have with Mark Haywood, time is always never enough. Tonight, more especially so because of the extended one hour we had with Risenga Malulega, the statistician general. So, safe to say everybody knows what happened in Limpopo province with the MEC for Health. They're berating a patient at a hospital. It has divided the nation's opinions, not least in the medical sector. Let's have a conversation now from a human rights perspective in relation to what the Constitution guarantees for who. Of course, all is against the state's resources. A perspective outside medicine from somebody who knows all about Section 27 rights, the right to health care. Mark Haywood. Mark Haywood, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us on the line. Good evening, Songezo. Nice to speak to you after a long time. It is nice to speak to you, and we never have enough time, and we always get into good conversations. So without further ado, what do you make of the MEC in Limbobo? I mean, on the one hand, there are serious points that she makes in relation to the state's resources, which are not in infinite supply. At the same time, and I think at the heart of it all, is the fact that medical practitioners have an oath to uphold not least predicated on the dignity of a human being, not least the dignity of a patient at a hospital when they are most vulnerable. Your thoughts? Well, you know, where I'd, I'd like to start is just to say that I think it's it's sad. Uh, I, I think from a kind of human point of view to humiliate somebody like that in the context where they are disempowered and sick and vulnerable is an abuse of power and you know i i just wish it wouldn't hadn't happened it, it, it was it was painful uh to see and i think that's perhaps the level at which everybody should start you know do you want to treat another human being like that whatever you might consider the circumstances would you treat somebody like that would you want to be treated like that so so that's how I would start Songhezo, but then I would go on to say, pick up, you know, part of your question, which is that, yes, resources for our health system and for any public service in South Africa are constrained. Um, but the reason the healthcare service is under strain is not because uh, migrants are flooding the health system. It is for other reasons. Um specifically because about 50 billion rand a year conservatively is lost in corruption and there's a lot that you can do with 50 billion rand uh but secondly because the healthcare service is being very very badly managed and so you know the resources that we are putting in is not giving us the results that we should get i'll tell you the quantum the total amount of money we spend on public and private healthcare systems in this country is about 488 billion rand per year. You know that's a lot of money. So the problem isn't isn't the isn't my migrants. It is other factors, and it would be better to concentrate on those factors rather than 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 punishing and discriminating against people. And frankly, I would say practicing medical xenophobia. And sorry, and the last thing I would say is acting unlawfully and acting against our constitution. 
Mark, when is it an appropriate time to engage, ultimately, what Bobi Ramatuba was talking about or talking to? Well, it's a discussion we should have, certainly, because migration, as you can see, is a major factor in every country in the world. Poor people are moving from places where there are wars, from places where there is extreme heat and climate crisis, and they're moving to places where or, or, or where there is corrupt government, as is the case in many of our southern African countries, and they're moving to places where they hope to find a better life. So governments should be discussing it, and our government should have been discussing it very long time ago within the southern African development community. And it would be perfectly reasonable for our government to say within SADAC, to say to the government of Zimbabwe, to the government of Mozambique, other governments, can we agree some sort of formula where you contribute towards the health care costs that we take responsibility for our, for in our country? That, 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 that would be reasonable because it is a fact of life. And that's a reasonable and rational way of dealing with this issue rather than taking it out on the weakest amongst us, on the most vulnerable amongst us in the way that we see is happening. I absolutely agree with you with what you said in the entry of this segment when you berated her for the indignity by which she raised the points. And I don't think anybody other than her would be acutely aware now that she's less emotional, probably removed from the situation and has had time to reflect as a medical practitioner, no less, she would probably be the first person to say that I'm simply appealing to her humanity and the senses that accord with yeah. that. Let's suspend that part of the discussion for now, only because okay. we don't have the time. And let us look at the fact that she is not the Minister of Finance. She is not the Minister of Home Affairs. She has a portfolio and she has a mandate in relation to that. Ensure health is available to the people of Limbobo province. She mentions, among other things, that she takes into account in that engagement that how do I plan for people I do not even know are in the house? And I mean, I don't need to l sort of simplify it to a household level. It, it, her point is well and truly made. How, after years of this being a growing problem, it's not getting better. If anything, it's getting worse. Notwithstanding the points that you raise as to why people are moving south for the reasons to which you make reference to, how is an administration supposed to respond when in no other country, for instance, does that country have a problem with South Africans in such numbers being a strain on that nation's resources? Is the frustration not in itself part of what the sentiment to a point should be in South Africa? You know, I I, I don't think so, Songeza. And, I, and I, I think you, with respect, I think you're looking at it the wrong way because sure. the, the MEC I make allowance is a for member that, of... So, so, sorry, Mark. I make allowance <laughs> for the fact that I could be wrong and I want you to berate me to the extent that I need to be berated. Well, I won't berate you, but I'll say that, and, and you know our constitution very well um, because you're a lawyer. Uh, you know, the Constitution requires cooperative governance. The Constitution, you know, we have we have sectoral clusters of ministers. Mm. The Constitution requires that you plan for all eventualities. Nobody can claim that the issue of migration suddenly hit us in 2020, 2022. It's been going on for 20 for 20 years. 
And the Constitution requires that you are the custodian of all the resources. Limpopo has billions of rands for health, and Limpopo loses a lot of money. I can't quantify it now, but yeah. I can tell you with certainty, hundreds of millions of rands in corruption. Limpopo's health system is mismanaged in very serious ways. So I'm not against saying this is a factor. This is a determinant. This impacts on our health service. Let's plan for it and let's plan for it properly. That's absolutely right and absolutely wise. The question is, how do you respond to it at this particular moment moment in time? You know, you, you say she's not the Minister of Finance and she's not the Minister of Home Affairs. But again, the Minister Ministry of Finance must, when it allocates to health, it has something called provincial equitable shares, take into account a whole combination of factors. And the last thing I would say is mm. is that, you know, we want to, to blame, but we don't actually quantify for the scale of the problem. We don't actually say, is the reason why there are no medicines in a clinic or in a hospital because all those medicines are being taken by people from other countries? Or is it because of, of poor supply of medicines? Is it because of breakdown in supply systems? All I'm appealing for, so, so, so I'm not trying to to be denialist that there may be an issue. Yes. But I'm applying. I, I, I'm appealing for reasonableness and rationality in the way that we we deal with this issue, not with grandstanding, and certainly not with humiliating people who are not in a position to argue back. Agreed. Agreed, Mark. But. That's just the thing with something that over time, notwithstanding what it should do, and the appeal as to the constitutional imperatives as you've highlighted is that that's the appeal. The reality is moving in the wrong way. Um, for better, for worse, this is the reality. This is what Upopi at that moment was faced with. This is what I frankly believe many South Africans are feeling because of these strained economic times people naturally would be a little bit more territorial, a little more guarded with their positions. Oh, understandably, yes. Now, exactly, on that basis, has Upopi not done the nation a favor, inadvertently even, by having that conversation the way that she did? Because three weeks after the fact, we are still talking about this. And this has now certainly been a basis point upon which we can then have this conversation, which has been conveniently left aside. She mentions the issues that you and I might agree are the issues, the dignity by which she did not engage the issues quite aside. Well, again, Songeza, you know, you and I know each other. Let me talk about dignity. You admit that it was undignified. I do, I do. Dignity is at the heart of our enterprise in South Africa of trying to build a new society, right? So the way of addressing any problem cannot be by inflicting indignities on other people. What is to stop? What was to stop her from calling a press conference and saying, I want to present to you facts and figures and so on and say to the government of which I am a part mm-hmm. that this in my opinion is untenable it can't be continued any longer and we have to come up with a plan and I'm appealing to my own government to come up with a plan you know one of the challenges for Limpopo is that it's obviously on the border with Zimbabwe that is why there are a lot of people passing through Limpopo province why is our government still propping up 
the totally corrupted government of uh, uh, Emerson Ngagwa in Zimbabwe, which is making that country economically completely unviable and unlivable for millions of people, which is itself contributing to migration. If part of our strategy was to say, in 2023, when he tries to steal the election again, as he is already planning to do, South Africa is not going to prop up ZANU-PF anymore. That would have a benefit in making it possible for many people who don't want to be in this country, particularly in the context of the fear that we are instilling, the hostility to our African brothers and sisters to go back home if it was safe to go back there. So what I'm saying to you is there's a lot of complexities in this issue. And a complex issue is not served by populism and by grandstanding and by hurting other people. You are absolutely right. And for the reasons that you and I have talked about this issue, not that we were supposed to find or not find each other, but simply because the tensions that are inherent in the conversation, the question then becomes, how does South Africa move from this? And how does South Africa move from this bearing in mind the dignity question, which is very much central to this issue, the fact that South Africa is a country first for South Africans. Yes, I understand, and I understand what the constitutional import of that should mean in the context of how it is written, Section 27. But surely the resource question cannot, more especially in these pronounced post-COVID or during COVID times is, that conversation has to happen. Upopi has put us at the table to have that conversation. Where's the starting point of that conversation? I mean, suspend for a moment your thoughts on ANC ZANU-PF. This is probably beyond the scope of that conversation, and it's probably not even going to happen the way that you suggest it should. So let's just sort of face our reality here. How do we still move despite everything else? So, So where's the starting point? The starting point is proper planning. The starting point is to say the Constitution says, and the language you know is everyone has a right of access to healthcare services. It doesn't say South African citizens have a right of access to healthcare services. It says everyone. And it then goes on to say that the state must take reasonable, and the word is reasonable, legislative and other measures to ensure the availability of healthcare services. Now, there is such a thing as fair discrimination. It is reasonable to require people to pay for some healthcare services if they can afford it, under those under those type of circumstances. So if you plan properly, then it is perfectly fair to do that. Um, you know, we, we're not suggesting that resources are limitless for, for one second, but it is relevant to this discussion mm. that we blow, lose, allow the theft of 50 billion rand a year out of the healthcare system. You know, would you prefer a rational policy that, that first of all, tries to make sure that every South African has the highest quality of healthcare possible? And that's, as you know, is what I've been fighting for for the last uh, 25 years. And um, the highest quality and, and more, the highest quality of, of healthcare, but then recognizes the context where we sit in the continent and also that we shoot ourselves in the foot if we deny certain healthcare services, for example, denying treatment for infectious diseases like COVID-19 vaccination or tuberculosis or HIV, etc. So, so I, I, what I guess I'm saying to you, in perhaps not as clearly as I'd like, is that that this problem is not insoluble. It's not beyond 
solution with level heads and good planning and an improvement of overall quality of care, I think it's completely manageable. I fully agree with you. Um, in fact, I was actually not going to say anything until you had mentioned the context of, open quote, the context of where we sit on the continent. That context is not just limited to this discussion. It's limited to the points that you had raised in relation to where South Africa comes from with her history with the frontline states. Yep. And Zimbabwe is one such nation where we cannot be linear in how we engage her and even the regimes that might be the question is where do we come from that context is important and that has to be part of the discussion as we are engaging this issue at that table i could be wrong but i just don't think it's completely absolved from the broader conversation in terms of south africa's diplomatic relations with zimbabwe but of course we don't have time mark final comment from you well i agree with your final comment i mean i I just think it's it's wrong to denounce colonialism on the one hand, and then want to enforce colonial, artificial colonial boundaries when there are other solutions to a problem. I think it's wrong to talk about the very, very important African, pan-African Is this you philosophy. agreeing with the EFF? Sorry to interrupt. Are you agreeing with the EFF inadvertently or otherwise? Well, on this, I, on this I do. I don't mind agreeing with the EFF on things that I think the EFF are right on. And and I think that they're right on this. But but, you know, what I what I was saying, Songezo, is, you know, one of our most treasured values is the value of Ubuntu. Ubuntu is an African philosophy. I am because we are. We all cooperate as a continent. We were divided up by colonists, by white people, et cetera, et cetera. We're still living with the legacies of those boundaries. It's just opportunistic now to seize on those boundaries in order to justify our own failures. We could hold our heads high by showing a spirit and an approach to this problem that is in keeping with Nelson Mandela, with Steve Biko, with all of the best traditions, the best traditions of liberation philosophy uh, in South Africa and Africa. I love your work, I love your thoughts, I love your ability to engage the issues and both parties, me and you in this instance, to be the wiser post to the engagement. Mark Haywood, thanks for your time, brother. Definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you. 2137, after the break, final conversation. She has a PhD in mathematical engineering. She's a graduate thereof, Dr. Sherlyn Gabriel, after the break.